0: Welcome to the podcast series, Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. I'm Stacey Jafta, and today I'll be chatting with Nadia Costanzo, Head of Africa and Latin Banking and Expansion at TransferWise. TransferWise is building a world of money without borders, fast, transparent, and eventually a free way of sending money abroad. Hi, Nadia. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. How's
1: the last couple of weeks and months been for you? It's been interesting. We're back in lockdown again here in London. So it's been, you know, a new transition. It's just all these waves coming back and forth, but everything's all right. How's that transition for the second time? Uh, I would say a lot better than the first time. Um, you know, having just a little bit more freedom, being able to go outside a bit more, but um, and not being as scared, um, mm-hmm. I would say it's probably making it a lot better than last time.
0: Okay, awesome. Um, I just really want to hear your story, Nadia. Um, I find it really interesting. So tell me about your journey and ultimately how you ended up at TransferWise.
1: Yeah, great. So um, so I've been working in the financial inclusion space, I would say, for, for a while now. So I, I, I guess I could start with my early on experiences in my career, um, which started in Paraguay. So this was a while ago. Um, I started working with a microfinance institution over there. Um, Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time working with local communities, supporting them with financial literacy, business planning, and lots of different things that were not necessarily financial inclusion related. Um, But really working there on the ground was an incredible opportunity for me to understand the kind of challenges that borrowers in emerging markets were facing.
0: Mm -hmm. So
1: that was just really insightful. And then beyond that, I did kind of a 360, a total 360, and I went to work for the World Bank. So I was there for a few years and and my main area of focus towards the end was, again, on financial inclusion, where I was working at a much higher level. So working on the 25 countries with the most number of unbanked people globally. Wow. Um, Yeah. And we were basically creating financial inclusion plans for these countries um, and trying to, you know, support both the World Bank, the IFC, as well as governments to figure out what are the different aspects and areas that countries needed to focus on to really enable financial inclusion, but from all the different facets, right? So it's not just on the product side, but from the regulatory side yeah. from the infrastructure standpoint. Um, so it was really a great way to get a broad understanding and in-depth knowledge of how to bring about better financial inclusion. But that was very high level again. So mm-hmm. I, uh, I decided after that to, to go back to the ground. I worked with Kiva for a few years as a portfolio manager. We did a lot of fun work in terms of funding financial institutions, but also social enterprises to essentially mm-hmm. give access to credit to a lot of borrowers. Um, lots of focus on women, but just low-income borrowers, rural borrowers, etc. Awesome. Yeah. So I was working mostly in Francophone Africa, but across Africa a bit in general. And yeah, just supporting these financial institutions with either updating their products to to be more to be cheaper, essentially for their customers. So improving interest rates. Um, and to be a bit more innovative as well, and essentially getting them funding and cheaper funding. And then from there, I kind of made a pivot to TransferWise, where I kind of went back to a, a bit of a regulatory role, but a combination of regulatory and commercial, which has been really exciting for me because it kind of brings my two worlds together. So I focus on Africa and Latin America at TransferWise. So I'm now based in London. I was based in Kenya before that with Kiva. Um, and basically, All
0: over the globe, Nadia. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a big traveler. <laughs> yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah, so, so now I'm here and basically doing a lot of work both on the regulatory side, so getting us licensed in these in countries in these two regions, as well as setting up commercial partnerships, essentially with the ultimate mission to bring down the cost of remittances to zero.
0: So TransferWise is doing such incredible things in the fintech space, including the way the business is run. And and something I'd love to dive deep into, Mission Zero, the goal is to build a better way of sending money internationally. What is TransferWise doing to make this happen? So TransferWise, as you
1: said, our mission is
0: to break down the cost of International
1: payments to zero. Mm -hmm. We also focus a lot on speed, so making sure that all our payments are instant and bringing transparency and pricing. I think that's a big, really important part of our mission and and what we're doing and how we're actually going about achieving our mission. Because, as as you're maybe aware, there's a lot of banks and financial institutions that are not really um, transparent in terms of how they're showing exchange rates, prices, etc. So, we've done a lot of work to do that and, and. I actually am very excited to work at TransferWise because we've done it in such an innovative way, I would say, in terms of how we operate. Um, so kind of a few things that I would say are the, the, the points that stand out as the, the biggest drivers of success for TransferWise have been, first of all, we've really built a sustainable model. So we really reject the approach of cash burning. So we review our pricing every single month to ensure that we're fully covering our costs. Um, We don't cross-subsidize our products, so we really make an effort to ensure that whatever you are receiving as a service is what you're paying for and that you're not paying for someone else's product. Because banks do that a lot, right? Um, Yeah which, you know, makes sense to a certain extent. And if you're a customer, a standard average customer, that's great for you, but it's really not sustainable, especially for for maybe a smaller fintech or, you know, whoever it might be entering the market. So we really want to make sure everything is appropriately covered. And that also enables us to drop the prices. So that's really kind of one of the things that allows us to get closer and closer to mission zero in every country that we're going into. We also work in autonomous teams. So this has been something that has gotten a lot of attention in terms of how we operate internally. So in terms of how we make decisions, how we launch products, essentially what it means is that working in autonomous teams is the teams get to make the decisions ultimately as to what will affect the customer most because they're the ones that are closest to the customer. So as a team, we will see what's what's affecting our customers and then we will make a decision and launch a new product accordingly. And that's really been... A driving force of the culture of TransferWise and how we continue to work today as a 2,200 person company, we're still operating in that model. Of course, there you know, there's a lot of cross team collaboration and, and you have to work with various teams. But ultimately, whoever's closest to the consumer will be the one who will be making those decisions and launching things.
0: Nadia, that is such. An innovative way of running departments and teams, I'm sure there are challenges that come along the way. If you're comfortable, can you please speak about them? Of
1: course, there's always challenges. Um, so I think one of the main challenges is when everyone's a decision maker, no one's a decision maker, right? So yeah. especially when it comes to very difficult decisions, um, that, that tends to be a challenge for us. I would say we're getting better at it You know, as we mature as a company. But, but of course, you know, it's really hard to make difficult decisions, especially ones that might affect the customer negatively, like if we have to close down a route for some reason or another. Um, so that's been a challenge. I would also say, you know, getting the input from everyone and everyone has kind of different things are focused on, right? So mm-hmm. there, there's people that are focused more on scaling the operation. There are people who are focused more on growing the operation. There's, you know, more back office functions that are focused on risk and compliance, right? So when you're gathering all these people and all these inputs, it's really hard to prioritize sometimes, and definitely, yeah, and get everyone on board with the solution. I think that the important thing there is to ultimately tie back whatever decisions you're making back to the customer and back okay. to what's going to impact them the most. Right. So we're not going to agree on everything. We don't. That's normal. <laughs> um, it would be weird if we did. Um, And, but ultimately, you know, if we're able to effectively communicate with each other how we're impacting the customer, I think that's that's kind of the the only way to go about it. So, of course, there's challenges and we'll continue to face those challenges. It's also, you know, as a growing company, you have to, it's really hard to know, you know, who's working on what anymore because there's so many teams, so Mm -hmm. many functions. Um, So gathering information can be a challenge. But, you know, a lot of teams are doing a lot of effort at improving knowledge sharing um, and you know, sharing updates and working together, collaborating. So it, it's it's a work in progress, I would say. But we're definitely doing a lot better and, and consistently focusing on this because we realize that the limitations maybe of this model.
0: So innovative, I love it. You help TransferWise expand into new markets. How do you make sure the product you are offering is specific to the local market? You mentioned every decision you make going back to the customer, going back to the consumer. I'd love to hear a little bit more about this. Yeah. So I think there's,
1: there's first of all, just to take a step back, I would say that expansion doesn't just mean going into new markets, and that's something that we're we're focusing on a lot. You know, we've grown. Massively, we've launched so many new currencies. We're in over 50 currencies globally. Um, so, you know, that results in more than 2,500 currency routes, just to give you an idea of how, you know, how big it is and how yeah. difficult that can be. Um, but I think that kind of expansion also means deepening our presence into existing markets. So, offering new products, kind of that's also mm-hmm. part of expansion. Mm-hmm. But to go back to your question, the customers are always the, the key thing. And I really want to emphasize that so much because. I would say that that's been our main driver of success. So there's a few ways that we do to listen to our customers. Um, first of all, we, we genuinely speak to them. You know, we have once a year, at least, we have a big day where the whole company gets together and answers customer support calls, emails, social media. Literally, even our CEO is doing this, right? So it's it's a really exciting time. Everyone always gets super pumped because, you know, we're all in this together. But Exciting yeah, and we also do it on a regular basis, too. So I would say it's not just something that we do once a year to you know show to, to our customers that we're doing this. you know mm-hmm. we we do what we call customer support by side by sides. And that allows people beyond the the people who are kind of directly facing the customer to really understand what those problems are um, that the customers are facing. But other than that, we also have different methods of understanding the customer. So we have a currency wish list, so that helps us understand what countries our customers want us to go to. So it's essentially creating the demand for new currency launches. So we literally just have on our our website the ability for customers to go in there and tell us we want this currency to this currency. And so we collect that data and really look at it on a regular basis. And, you know, of course, we go through our NPS comments on a regular basis. We do interviews with customers to, to understand what they're doing. So beyond that, so customers are always the key focus. But then, of course, you know, there's other ways to enter new markets. Um, And I would say another big way that we do that is building partnerships, um, which is great because really the people who are operating on the ground are the people who know the best about the market. Mm -hmm. And so kind of as an international company, being able to build those relationships with people on the ground is just an excellent way of us understanding the market and then bringing kind of... Bring synergies between a local market player and then a global product. So I would say that's a big piece of it. Um, and then beyond that, you know, building that in-depth knowledge of payment systems and infrastructures, and really getting close to regulators as well. I think one one thing that we love to do is challenge regulation. We see that we do that a lot um, all over the world and challenge. The norms and the standards, and so not even just understanding what the local market is currently doing, but what are they currently doing that's maybe not convenient for the customer for people in these markets, and challenging those things and working with the regulators to change policies, um, remove you know in person verification, which you know like so the KYC that you have to go to a, yeah. a physical branch. You know, it's it's something that's quite antiquated and really not what customers expect anymore nowadays. So. So really ensuring that we're understanding the local market, but then thinking beyond what innovation can we bring to that market.
0: You are continuously collecting and gathering data, which helps your information stay relevant and current. And you really understand the needs of the consumer, which is so important. What advice would you have for a fintech that has found great success and is now looking to expand their product, go into a new market, maybe one they are not even familiar with?
1: So, kind of, I'm always going to go back to the the customer. Um, So, you know, understanding what their expectations are and then trying to go above and beyond that. A few other things, and and I guess if you're thinking about a company that is starting in one country and then expanding to other markets, is focus on your culture and values and mission, essentially. So, I, I would say that that has also allowed us to succeed very well because we really, really focus a lot on Retaining that culture, retaining the focus on how we work, our values, our mission, everywhere we launch. So whenever mm. we start a new office or whenever we open a new office, we really want to make sure that those people feel connected to the mission um, and connected to the broader team. Of course, nowadays, it's really hard to travel, and so it's it's a lot harder to retain you know the culture in the sense of getting together and doing fun things and and really getting people on board but you know we've i would say we've been doing a pretty good job at doing it remotely we're making lots of efforts our people team is doing amazing work in terms of you know s- virtual social events and whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it um, yeah so so co- i would say just really really ensuring that your focus on those three things culture value and mission is never lost and then kind of maybe on the more technical side of things i would say really analyzing what's the kind of setup that will allow you to go to market faster and then building up from there you know so if a partnership is going to be your mvp and allow you to get to market faster so you can learn about that market and then focus on you know getting your actual setup like getting a license or whatever the requirements might be Um, but really understanding what's gonna teach you more about the market faster so that you can constantly iterate and build on that knowledge.
0: Talent in the cloud has been approached by many fintechs asking for advice on how to expand specifically into Africa. And we recently released a document on this. I would just love to pick your brain and learn more about how TransferWise expands into new markets, new regions. Do you get a team that maybe flies to a a city, learns the language, learns the culture? How are they currently transferring money? What is the process you go through?
1: So we don't specifically send people to the markets to do the research when we're when we're thinking of launching a new, a new country. And I think that's also been a driver of our success that we're able to do this without with minimal cost to do expansion with as little cost as possible. So as I was saying before, we listen to our customers so much and that allows us to understand really what the opportunity is and the demand is. So someone from our, my team specifically might eventually in normal times, non-pandemic times, go to the <laughs> ground to talk to regulators, to talk to partners, etc., But really, where we get our information from is our customers and and these relationships here. And then, you know, we do our own research. We do a lot of research on regulation to understand how difficult it will be to enter the Mm -hmm, market mm -hmm. as well. And I think that's really important because if if we're looking at a new country that has a lot of demand, but we know that there's, I don't know, sanctions would be a very obvious example, but any other kind of really, really tough regulatory challenges that might actually drive our decision one way or the other. So I think these are the kind of initial things that we look at. Uh, of course, we would look at competition, right? So who's on the yeah. market already that you know can tell us about how difficult it might be, yes or no, to get to the country. So I would say those are the, the main ways that we expand. Um, we usually will set up offices only after we've really made that decision to expand. So we wouldn't necessarily open an office in the hopes that we're going to expand to this country. Yeah. So, So yeah, I think it's more done from a Abroad, I guess, and then we would go down
0: to the ground once we really made a final decision. Okay, awesome. Throughout your career, you've worked towards maximizing financial inclusion. That's a huge challenge and an issue that will likely take decades to solve. What advice would you give to people who want to start tackling a big beast like this? Financial
1: inclusion as a space is so massive, as you said, right? Yeah. There's so many facets of it. You know, there's credit, credit scoring, savings, insurance, remittances, or cultural financing, whatever else you might want to want to mm-hmm. look at, right? There's so many things. And I think the biggest mistake would be to try to tackle too, too many of these things at once. I would say that the most successful companies that have actually made a change in the space have been companies that are focusing on one specific area. And that's what TransferWise started as, right? We started in the international payment space. Of course, now we've expanded to offering multi-currency account, to offering a debit card. But really, we focused on international payments. And I would say, not just TransferWise, I, you know, I want to take a step back from there and look at other companies as well. They're really companies that are focusing on one niche area and chopping mm-hmm. that big problem into tiny little chunks and developing a very specific expertise in that very niche area. I think that's the best way you're going to make a difference because no one company, at least not at the early stages, can solve all the problems. And that would be a bit naive to expect that they could. Right. So I think just focusing on one very niche area would be the, the best way to, to tackle this problem.
0: That's really helpful. Talking about young professionals and going way back in your career, you've worked for for large corporations. Do you have any advice or tips for, for young professionals that have or are looking to work for large corporations that are currently struggling to get their voice heard and, and make a difference.
1: As you say it can go through many people it can be really challenging to it can be very intimidating actually mm-hmm. especially when you're quite young. Um, it's hard to get maybe the responsibility or the respect that you you really would hope for once you start your career um, when you're going directly into a corporate and it can be a long pathway to get to where you want to be. So. I would say there, there's kind of two sides of it. One is if you decide to stay in a big corporate, a big company, you know, you have to understand that you're working in a specific type of culture and then adapt your your methods. Well, actually, the advice that I would give would probably apply everywhere. But, you know, you really have to make sure that you're having the courage to speak up. Again, it's very intimidating. You have, you're surrounded by people who have decades of experience. So they know <laughs> what they're doing. Um, and so you might not feel like you have much to bring to the table and... I would encourage people to really think that they do have something to bring. They have a new way of thinking. Um, they have an alternative way of thinking. You know, sometimes people with decades of experience might be stuck in thinking in a certain way. Um, and you can Especially in fintech. Yeah, exactly. And, and when there's so much innovation happening um, and you see that innovation is actually driving them with success, you really need to think twice about, you know, if you're stuck in your ways. So yeah. as a young person, I would say just, I know it's hard, but you should try to have the courage to speak up, you know, break out of your comfort zone. Again, I know that's really, really hard to do, especially when you're quite young, but try to build that courage, speak up, ask questions. I think asking questions is a very easy way of doing it because it shows curiosity. It shows lack of assumptions about things, and it really allows you to build relationships. Um, so I would say building these kind of one-on-one relationships with more experienced people is also really helpful. And then, of course, just like in everything, be proactive, You know, be engaged, be active on, yeah. on everything. But there's another side, and I actually want to go into the other side a little bit more because I think for me that's what's helped me a lot in my career. It might be different for other people but I would actually encourage people to think about maybe not joining corporates so early on in their career. Um, Interesting. Yeah I think in my personal experience working for smaller companies has been challenging in a different way because so much responsibility can be put on you but that enables so much more growth and you have much more of a voice in smaller companies or maybe startup companies. So I would say to people who are thinking about which way to go, maybe consider the idea of joining a company that's in an earlier stage or that's a smaller stage, because that will allow you to develop so much broader range of experience that you can then bring to a big corporate if that's what you want to do later on. Personally, I, I think the experience in Paraguay Helps give me some credibility when I was at the World Bank because I had worked directly in the field. So that's another element. If you're working in the financial inclusion space or in, in kind of
0: yeah,
1: just be close to the ground, right? I think that's that helps a lot to build the credibility. And a lot of the times you'll be able to do that through smaller companies. So again, it really depends what you want um, and what you're looking for. But I would really encourage people to think that maybe working for a corporate early on in your career while it has many benefits for sure it might not be the best way of growing exponentially
0: I think a lot of young professionals and I think back to to when I was in university it was the name of the company you were graduating and working for that a lot of young professionals care about not even what they're going to do but just working for a big corporation in their mind is that's going to be the the career setter what is your thoughts on that
1: I, th- I completely disagree with that perspective in the sen- I mean, I agree with you that many people see it that way. And
0: yeah.
1: I think the best way to kind of, if you're ambitious and want a good career, the best way to do that is by developing an expertise in something that you're passionate about. Um, yeah. It's true that the name does help a lot. I'm not going to lie. You know, when people see, I don't know, World Bank on my CV, I'm sure, it, you know, they, they look twice, right? Um, so it definitely helps to have those names, but... I think ultimately, what it comes down to is what you can bring to the table. And if you're not bringing expertise, if you're not bringing hands on experience, Mm -hmm. I think it's so much harder to make it and so much harder to be credible. So while it's definitely valid that, you know, people do look at big companies and probably consider that you've made it to a certain extent, I would, I would say, I don't know, I personally don't think that's the way to go. I'd rather develop passion for something and i think that's what makes me perform so much better because i actually care about what i'm doing versus i care about the name of the company i'm working for
0: inspiring thank you so much nadia thank you for being on the podcast i loved getting to pick your brain where's the best place for listeners to reach you listeners can reach me on linkedin that would be the best place awesome thanks again for being on the podcast thank you so much for having me Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Talking Success, connecting the global fintech community. Feel free to follow us on LinkedIn at Talent in the Cloud. And if you're interested in exec talent, expanding your team, or you yourself are looking for a new, exciting change in your career, check out our website, talentinthecloud.io.